Today we're going to continue our series of messages from the Proverbs called Truth Bombs. And we've called them Truth Bombs precisely because they can come into our lives and disrupt everything. But honestly, that's what we want God to do, isn't it? We want God to disrupt the normal course of our lives, especially when we get off course. And so we'll be looking in Proverbs today together. But before we look at the Proverbs we find in the Bible, let me give you a proverb of my own. And that is, make sure the road you're on leads to the place you want to go. Make sure that road you're traveling on is taking you where you really want to go. Now, you may go, oh, well, that's a no-brainer. Everybody does that, right? They set a destination and they choose the course to get to that destination. But isn't it the truth that many of us find ourselves in a place where we never really thought we'd be? Maybe a place we never really wanted to be. And we end up shocked by where we are when the reality is we ended up exactly where we were headed all along. The decisions that we were making, the road that we were taking, took us exactly where we ended up. Boy, it sure would be nice to avoid that. And God's work can help us to avoid that. And we want to look at one area of that this morning that deals with both pride and humility. The Bible has a lot to say about those two. So we're going to look together in Proverbs and, and see what God might say to us this morning. And as we prepare to do that, let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much. We thank you that you love us enough to speak into our lives, even when it causes disruption, a change of course for us. Lord, we pray that you would get in our way when we're headed the wrong way. We pray that you would guide and direct our step, steps, our paths as we move through this life. And Lord, we thank you. We thank you for speaking to us today in Jesus' name. Amen. Two passages I want us to consider this morning. One is in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2. And what we read there is this. When pride comes, then comes disgrace. But with the humble is wisdom. And the other proverb we want to look at is Proverbs fifteen thirty three, And it says, The fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom and humility comes before honor. And so what we see here in talking about pride and humility is that pride desires, what pride wants is to gain honor, to gain fame, to gain recognition. Pride wants all those things, but it's not where pride ultimately leads. Instead, what Proverbs 11.2 tells us is that pride leads to disgrace and to dishonor. So we want honor. We want recognition, but pride leads in exactly the opposite direction. In other words, pride deceives you. It makes you think that the road that you are on is, is headed to the top, when in reality, the road you're on is headed directly to the bottom. Humility, on the other hand, it's a lot different. Humility looks like the road to the bottom, when in truth, it'll take you exactly where God wants you to be. Think about this. Think about Jesus. 
around the table with his disciples at that last supper he had with them, that Jesus, the very Son of God, would take the, the wash basin and the towel and would stoop to wash the feet of the disciples. That was no place for the Son of God, right? And yet he lowered himself. He humbled himself and took that position. Why? Because he knew who he was. He knew exactly who he was. And doing something that was considered humble, it didn't change who he was. So we're, we're after all these things. We're trying to achieve all these things. We're trying to, to get that recognition. We're trying to, to get that, that honor when in reality, exactly the opposite thing is happening. So, so here's what we want to know. We want to know pride lies to us, but humility, it tells us the truth. And even though God's word says that over and over and over and over, Old Testament and New Testament, what we tend to do, is to go our own way, to think, eh, I know better. I'll make it work out for me this time. Pride not only puts us on a road to the bottom, pride also puts us in opposition to God's desire for our lives. Think about that. It's not only putting us on a road to a place we really don't want to go. It's putting us in opposition to the God who loves us. Look at James chapter 4, 6 with me. It says this, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. God opposes the proud. Now, let me tell you what God wants to do. God wants to pour out his grace into your life, his blessing into your life. He wants to take you to a place where you're fulfilling his mission and his purpose for you. But pride puts us in exact opposition to what God is trying to do. Humility... Humility, though, puts us in a place spiritually where God can use us, God can shape us, God can grow us. It enables him to make us into the person that he really wants us to be. A person whose attitude, whose actions, whose very life looks a lot more like Jesus. That's, that's what God is trying to do in us and, and through us. As a matter of fact, at Grace Fellowship, one, one of our our visions for the people who gather uh, together, the people part of this church, is that we want people to become more like Jesus daily in attitude and action. That's where humility leads. But pride leads in a completely different direction. Let's consider how different pride and humility are. For instance, pride distorts reality. But humility, it clears our vision. Pride sees us as something we aren't. Humility sees us as we truly are. As a matter of fact, one of the things that the Bible says about pride is that it puffs us up like a blowfish. It just, it just swells us. That's not who we really are. Pride is oriented to pleasing self. Humility is oriented to pleasing God. Pride seeks to become superior to others. Humility seeks to follow in the footsteps of Jesus who came to serve rather than to be served. If you were to look up humility in the dictionary, you would see that it has a, a Latin derivation. Our, our Greek word humility 
comes from the, the Latin word humus. Now, don't be confused. That's not hummus. Hummus is the stuff you dip the pita chips in. Humus means earthy or of the earth. Now, get this. When we realize that we have a creator who made humanity out of the dust of the ground, it reminds us that we're not God. We don't have God's power. We are ultimately and, and completely dependent upon God. C.S. Lewis described humility this way. He said, true humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. In other words, true humility doesn't mean that you look at yourself as, as garbage, as trash, of having no value whatsoever. No, not at all. True humility doesn't really think of yourself that much. It's always thinking about pleasing God and blessing others. So it's a completely different kind of thing. Uh, let's, let's consider in Philippians chapter 2 what Paul says. He says uh, in, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 5, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, look at this, count others more significant than yourselves. You see how, how C.S. Lewis came up with that? It's not thinking less of yourself. It's, it's thinking of yourself less. In verse 4, let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Once again, just kind of repeating that, hammering that point home. And then he says in verse 5, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm not going to read the rest of this. Matter of fact, you can have it as your homework uh, today if you'd like to read Philippians chapter 2, because then Paul begins to talk about the attitude of Jesus, because that's the attitude we're to have. He didn't consider the fact that he was the son of God, God come to earth. He didn't, he didn't come in tooting his own horn. He didn't come in saying, hey, all you guys better get in line and recognize who I am. No, he came in as a servant. He humbled himself. He took on the form of a man. He willingly died, and not just died. He chose to die on the cross for the sins of humanity. That is the ultimate act of service. And what Paul says is, have this same attitude in you. Have that attitude of humble service, not tooting your own horn, not trying to lead your own parade, but being willing to humble yourself and to serve just as Jesus served. If we want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus, then we will take that pathway, that roadway of humility. Pride tells me, on the other hand, I've got to be self-sufficient. I, I need to somehow live this life on my own, by my own power, by my own strength, by my own wisdom. That's what pride tells me, but, but pride lies. Humility is going to tell me the truth. Humility tells me that I can't do anything, nothing that really matters on my own. In, in John's gospel, uh, the 15th chapter, part of Jesus' teaching is 
apart from me, you can do nothing. He's encouraging his disciples to abide in him, to remain in him. He says, apart from me, you can do nothing. But the Bible also says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength in Philippians chapter 4. In other words, I can't do anything that truly matters, that ultimately matters, apart from my connection to Jesus Christ. But in him and through him, I can do anything and everything that God is calling me to do. Humility is possible then when you trust God with your life and with your future. If we're going to be humble if we're going to follow in the footsteps of jesus then we have to trust the father with our life and with our future peter writes in first peter 5 humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of god so that at the proper time he may exalt you casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you we have a god we can trust a God who loves us, a God who has a plan and a purpose for our lives. And when we are humble, we have a humble attitude. It means we're willing to trust God with our future, with our life, with each and every day. When I'm prideful, and it happens, (laughs) when I'm prideful, I'm trying to prove my own worth to the world. I want people to know just how much I'm worth. But when I'm humble, then I can understand my true worth. Do you realize that my worth is not determined by my net worth? It isn't. My my worth is not determined on how much I have in the bank, how much is in a 401k, how big a house I have, how nice a car I drive, how nice a clothes I wear, what kind of foreign trips that I take. My worth is not determined by any of that. My worth is also not determined on what people think of me. There are a lot of people who have their whole vision of who they are based on what other people think of them. That's not where my worth comes from. So where does my worth come from? My worth comes from the fact that God loves me. And that he loved me enough to send his son to die for me, paying the price for my sins so that I might have life with him forever. That's where my true worth comes from. None of us will ever stand before God and boast that somehow we've made it on our own. Oh, I've been good enough. I've given enough. I've done enough that God, you you just got to let me into your kingdom. None of us come to him that way. Instead, we come in humility, acknowledging that I was a sinner who needed a savior. And God, you love me enough to send your son for me. Now, what do we do with this? We've read Proverbs. We've talked a little bit about pride and humility. Uh, What do you do with this this morning? Well, might I suggest you 
you go to God and ask, God, what, what do you want me to do? God, are you, are you saying to me today that I'm finding my worth in the things I possess, in the things I own, in the things I've achieved? If so, God would remind you that road doesn't lead to any place good. Or maybe what you're saying is, you know what, maybe I, I didn't come to this time right now. I'm not in a point in life where I actually think I'm worth anything. As a matter of fact, if, if you'd ask me, I, I, I'd just say, I'm worthless. I think God would speak to you this morning as well and tell you that you do have a worth. And it's not based on your net worth or what your, other, what your friends think you're worth. Your worth is based in this. That you are made in the image of God. And even though that image was marred by sin, God loved you enough to send his son to die on a cross for your sins. And perhaps God is saying to you that you need to humble yourself and come to him in faith to receive his son as your savior. If that's where you are right now, I'd like to pray for you and ask you to even pray with me. It's a simple prayer. It goes something like this. And if you'd like to pray along with me, please do so. Father, I come today acknowledging I need a Savior. I believe that your son Jesus came, lived a perfect life, died on the cross for my sins, rose again on the third day to give me new life. And I believe, God, with all my heart that he did that for me. I don't have to earn it. I don't deserve it. It's a gift. A gift that I received today. Lord, I thank you for hearing my prayer. I thank you for loving me enough to send your son for me. And I claim today I am worth what you think I'm worth. Not what I think I'm worth. Not what the bank says I'm worth. And not what anyone else says I'm worth. In faith, I'm a child of God. I claim that, believe that, and will live that. In Jesus' name, amen.